0: I'd like to have
1: So it's General Maddox here from RealNewsAustralia.com and the General Knowledge Podcast. Big shout out to uh, all the new listeners who are jumping on board regularly. Really appreciate uh, everyone coming on over to find out what's happening here in Australia as well and probably in your neck of the woods if you're already here, of course. But to all the new listeners, uh, yeah, thanks for getting on board, guys. Big numbers happening over at the podcast. They're seeing lots of, uh, lots of traffic coming from overseas as well. And plenty of downloads and all the recent episodes really puts all the earlier seasons to shame, actually, because uh, everyone is really loving all the latest stuff. Getting up in the you know five, six thousands and stuff for each episode lately, which is awesome. Uh, all right, now I'm just going to fly solo for this one. Uh, Ethan's unavailable. big Bigando also unavailable uh, at the moment, so I'm just going to go through a few things and. Um, yeah, end it when I'm finished sharing some stuff, guys. So um, I just wanted to bring everyone up to speed. We were going, well, obviously we were a week late putting out the the show, as you all probably know. We do them about a fortnight apart every time. Um, yeah, I've had a few things going on uh, in my life, uh, which has been a bit tough lately. Um, just uh, I won't go into all the details, of course, but the old man's not doing too well. Uh, he's got some some big cancer problems at the moment. Um, I'll leave it at that. So just just got that going on, unfortunately. Uh, it's been pretty tough, so hard to focus on things. But I thought today, look, there's just so much rattling around on in my mind. I wanted to just go over a few things um, just to put it out there and let everyone know that we're still here. We're still going. Um, yeah, just uh, as you can imagine, I'm sure I'm not the only one in the world that's have to go through a family member suffering the scourge of the big sea, but um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, all right, so I just wanted to flick through a few of the socials here and see what's been getting shared lately. Um, just a few things i have sort of found interesting as well. Uh, first of all, I'll we'll also go through one of Ethan's latest pieces. Um, I think it was a collaborative effort between him and uh, TJ Coles, Dr. TJ Coles. Um, so I'll just head over. So there should be um, this should be recording for my wonderful Patreon members as well. Um, I sent them a a bit of a message during the week to let them know what was going on. Um, Here we go. Just so you can sort of see over at Twitter. Central Bank digital currencies are poised to become reality. They will be our defining reality. With them, the era of human rights could be brought to an end. Little video there as well. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes for that one. More information came out just recently as well. The next um, whole lot of Pfizer documents uh, were released from the FDA. The next batch of Pfizer vaccine documents from the FDA produced 11,043 pages, as well as an unredacted version of the post-marketing experience report, Uh, and those are available at phmpt.org which we've uh, talked about on that show previously when the original ones came out, we sort of went through that information and directed everyone over to that uh, website as well. So we hope everyone's had time to go and check it out. I know a lot of people, and I'm one of them as well, are kind of waiting for, look, a lot of the people who are really kind of, not tech savvy, but up to speed on all that kind of medical jargon and all the lingo that's put into these kinds of reports that get released, because I mean, if I read that, it just kind of comes out as kind of gobbledygook, and it's hard to find some of the key information in there. But people will definitely be going over that, um, and if that in, when that information comes out on some of the the real key points of that information, uh, we'll of course go through it and start sharing it as well. It takes a lot of time and effort for uh, for people to go through that. And if you're not going through it, you know if you're not. Doing that sort of thing full-time, oh my gosh, it's just it gets real hard, guys. Um, we've all got our own lives and a lot of stuff going on. So to those who are out there doing it, I praise them greatly for being able to uh, sit down and go through those documents. Um, a lot of key information in there. Uh, what else have we got here coming out? Uh, just at Twitter once again, folks, for those that are listening and for you following along with the video here. Uh, here we go. That's right. Children aged from birth to four years old have now been added to the vaccine injury claims scheme. All right. I talked about that on Facebook. I shared some uh, some information. Uh, let me just bring up the article, folks. Uh, I think it was stupid nine news. I'll click on it now. Normally, I'd like to add it to archive.org and bring it up from there, but Here we go. Children aged zero, so birth to four, added a vaccine injury claim scheme. These children will be added to the vaccine injury claim scheme as authorities prepare to roll out the COVID-19 jabs to babies and toddlers. Here we go, folks. That's the plan. We've warned everyone that this is going to happen. Children under four years old will be added to Australia's vaccine injury compensation claims scheme as health authorities lay the groundwork for administering COVID-19 jabs to babies and toddlers. While no coronavirus vaccines have yet been approved for children under five in Australia. Of course, we all know that they got approved for the five to 12 year olds recently, but the babies to five year olds or babies to four year olds, I should say, have not actually been approved yet, but they are laying the groundwork folks. This is part of the plan. It is going to be on the schedule. Guaranteed it will be on the vaccination schedule, folks. Make no mistake, that's part of the plan. That is why they are building these mRNA uh, facilities, these vaccine production, mRNA vaccine production facilities in Australia. I think there's one being opened in Melbourne uh, because they want to produce these things here. I mean, this, this was never... Just about, you know, Convid. They were not just producing these things as a new test thing just to to get us through, you know, the COVID scam. No, no, no. This is the new technology. The new vaccines will be based on all of this technology. It's going after the genes. It is creating a different breed of human. Uh, I read and heard recently as well. I think um, Adam over at the CRAS files recently perhaps talked about this. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, But over in in Chile, I'm pretty sure the government over there has now tabled bills um, making sure that there is uh, no discrimination against, I think it was like mutants and genetically altered um, beings, like human beings. So they wanted uh, laying the groundwork there that people who have been genetically modified aren't discriminated against because you know what? You're technically not a human being anymore. You're now property of that injection, the company that gave you that injection. They have then changed you, and they've changed you for good. You're no longer a natural human being. I really wish people would get that through their heads. Not, of course, you listeners. I'm sure all of you know that, but the uh, NPC public at large really has no idea that these things are still experimental, are, in fact, genetically altering human beings all around us. Just wait, I wonder if there's any information or any uh, bills that are in the pipeline or being tabled for perhaps when the new government, uh, you know, gets uh, changed over here in Australia, when they go to the Labor government next, which of course that's going to happen. Albanese will, the Labor government will be in next. But I wonder if they're going to be tabling any any bills talking about discriminating against genetically modified human beings or mutants or whatever like they have in Chile there. I'm going to have to try and... I'll write a note, folks, so I can dig up that for the show notes, and I'll try and find a link to that one. Because that's huge, man. That is just insane. Because that's basically an admission. Otherwise, why why else would they do that? You know what I mean? Why else would you make it a law that you can't discriminate against these types of people if they are, in fact... You know, they claim that they're not altering people, they're not genetically modifying people, but here we go, they most certainly are. We know it. So I'll make a note of that so I can look up that information. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating, but it's also, also bloody scary at the same time, folks. Let uh, yeah, me reading uh, a little bit more on this article here. Children, here we go. Well, no coronavirus vaccines have been approved for children under five in Australia. Good old Health Minister Greg Hunt, I mean Hunt, uh, revealed as part of Tuesday night's federal budget that planning was underway for children aged zero to four. Vaccination against COVID-19 remains the most effective way to prevent severe disease and hospitalisation and death, Mr Hunt said in a joint media release with Aged Care Minister Richard Colbeck, Regional Health Minister David Gillespie and Mental Health Minister David Coleman. To date, more than 56 million COVID-19 vaccine doses have been administered around Australia, and more than 95% of our population over the age of 16, which is more than 20 million, have had at least one dose. The government is investing more than $1 billion over two years to ensure continued access to safe and effective vaccines for all eligible people. What does that actually mean, I'd like to know. Making sure they have continued access investing billions of dollars to ensure they have continued access. Does that mean lobbying governments to make sure that they are still rolling forward with those state of emergencies across the country? There is no emergency. We know this. It's plain to see. Yet they cannot administer these vaccines without a state of emergency in place because they are provisionally approved. Very interesting, eh? I wonder if that's what this billion dollars over two years is going towards. Lobby groups, maybe, to make sure that all these senators who are just towing the line keep on keep on doing those votes to vote for these emergency powers, emergency bills. I mean, sorry, the emergency uh, status is still upheld, even though there isn't one probably lining their coffers as we speak, I'd say. Uh, Go. moving on through this article, skip that paragraph there. Actually, before I do, I, I was going to have Andy come on today to, um, to chat about what's been happening. Uh, there's a lot of action, think tricky, uh, from um, the People's um, Rebellion have been rallying in the city, rallying at Parliament House and trying to get get noticed and, and get these people to not vote to have this stupid state of emergency declaration continued and yet uh, they, of course, just went ahead and did it anyway. They don't listen. They don't give a fuck. I don't know. It's good to go there to, to raise a ruckus and at least try get some exposure, let people know, all that sort of stuff. And it's got to be done. I, I applaud the people that go there and do this Um, by just, my suspicions were, of course, you know, they came true. I knew it was never going to get stopped. It will only keep going as long as the plan is in place to keep it going. And their plan is to keep it going. So, of course, the state of emergency will be in place. From what I remember and what I recall, uh, you know, a couple of months, maybe last year sometime, Greg, uh, Greg, uh, Greg Hunt Spoke about how this this we're in a, the greatest um, experiment that, the, that mankind's ever seen, and then this trial is going to continue on until 2023. And I believe if you even look at some of the uh, the online information from some of these pharmaceutical companies, they are even themselves saying that this provisional vaccine of the COVID-19 jab is. Uh, currently in use and their their experiment ends in 2023. So these state of emergency declarations will roll on until that happens because what will then happen after that? After their experiment is done, they get all their data. It'll, of course, get the big tick of approval from ATAGI and then it will be added to the Australian Immunisation Register as one of the vaccines you must take every year along with your flu shots. And then all the kids, every kid, every newborn, every kid at their 6 months and 12 months and 4 year vaccination dates will have these covid-19 shots it'll be just one of the ones that's on the register that's the goal that's what will happen that's what they're waiting for so the state of emergency will most likely end i reckon in probably 2023 before they you know pull the pin on it and go oh look we don't we've end the emergency it's all over now we're going to just keep that vaccine on the schedule just in case it comes back just in case this seasonal thing keeps coming around again uh, that's my uh prediction i guess you can say folks um maybe i back with this article here we go not mentioned in the wide-ranging health ministry press release but quietly noted in budget papers was the announcement that the government had extended the COVID-19 vaccine claim scheme to include children aged zero to four years and fourth doses for priority cohorts to access compensation for claims related to the administration of Therapeutic Goods Administration-approved COVID-19 vaccines. The scheme which allows people who suffer serious adverse reactions to coronavirus vaccines to claim up to $20,000 for lost income medical bills, and other expenses. Up to 20000 Wow. Never mind the fact that you can barely breathe anymore for the rest of your life, but here, have up to $20,000 to help you out with that. Aren't you glad you didn't get COVID, eh? Wow. Uh, apparently, they began paying out the first claims earlier this year after more than 10,000 people registered interest. Isn't that quite shocking, though, just to say the least? That when people actually found out that you could claim 10,000 or more, probably jumped on just to uh, express their interest on these websites to try and claim some money from what they were uh, when they were damaged by them. To be successful, here we go. To be successful, claimants must have in uh, incurred at least $1,000 in losses, spent at least one night in hospital, and be able to provide evidence from a doctor that the vaccine was linked in medical documentation to the injury or harm related to a condition identified by the TGA. So there you go, folks. A, you've got to be, spend a night in hospital. B, the doctor has to provide written evidence and documentation and he's going to sign off on it to say yep it was the vaccine that led to this particular person spending a night in hospital they can't say oh it's likely or probable or they have to basically tick the box that says yep definitely linked to the vaccine before oh and it has to be one of the conditions listed by the tga as uh, one of the possible adverse events unbelievable The scheme will also provide compensation where the injury or harm caused or materially contributed to death budget papers state wow claims of twenty thousand dollars or more will be assessed by a panel of independent experts and compensation paid based on its recommendations so you've got a couple of uh stooges of board members probably sitting on big pharma payrolls other ones are going to sign off on how much more if you try and scrounge up a little bit more money for Your family, as a member of theirs, dies as a result of these shots. Unbelievable. I dare say no one will probably get that. Legal experts have previously raised concerns that the scheme is too complex and narrowly targeted towards a limited number of adverse reactions officially recognised by the medicines regulator. There you go. Actually stating this article, that the list is very narrow. They also have suggested that the evidence thresholds are too high, with patients reporting many doctors are unwilling to attribute health problems to the vaccines. Well, no shit, Sherlock. We've been hearing about that since the fucking thing got rolled out, haven't we? It's funny that they're actually saving this article, though. Australia's government has provided indemnity to vaccine makers, including, including Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca and Novavax, covering certain liabilities that could result from the use of the vaccines, but declines to put a a dollar figure on potential claims. The financial implications of the COVID-19 treatment purchases and the COVID-19 vaccine claim schemes are not for publication due to commercial sensitivities. Budget papers state. Yeah, gonna keep that quiet, aren't they? The health ministry... Ministry, wow. Ministry of Health. Yeah, sounds so Orwellian too. Press release also noted that an additional $200,000 was being set aside to enable cardiac MRI for myocarditis to continue for a further six months. Wow, $200,000. Yeah, how generous are they? The government announced last year that a new item was temporarily being added to the Medicare Benefits Schedule for Cardiac Magnetic Resonance Imaging, MRI, to diagnose myocarditis after vaccine, um, COVID-19 vaccination. Myocarditis and pericarditis, information of the heart muscle and information of the lining around the heart are known, but rare side effects associated with the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines. (laughs) Still going to put in the whole rare thing, don't they? Even though that everyone else around you are suffering sudden heart attacks that... I mean, I just found out the other day that one of my parents' lifelong friends, they were actually my godparents, I believe... Um yeah the bloke's never had a problem with his heart his whole life and um currently now he has a pacemaker because he's had heart problems since his injection. But they really want my dad who's in hospital dying to have his COVID nineteen vaccine and uh well they can go and get fucked. Anyway. People are just so fucking gullible. Last week, the government announced it had secured multi-billion dollar agreement with Moderna to build a new mRNA manufacturing facility in Melbourne, like I mentioned before folks, capable of producing 100 million vaccine doses per year. Mm. I wonder if that's just for Australia or if we're going to be pumping those out around the uh, Asia Pacific region. The facility will be based in Victoria and provide Australia with priority access to mRNA vaccines and support research and development and domestic preparedness for possible future pandemics. Already planning for those future pandemics, folks. Funding for this measure is not for publication due to commercial and confidence sensitivities. Once again, the public's not allowed to know where the public's money is being spent. Meanwhile, under the government's $1 billion funding for vaccine distribution and uptake, $800 million will go towards administration of primary and booster doses in primary care settings, pharmacies, aged care, and disability care facilities, and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and culturally and linguistically diverse communities. Got to make sure all those uh, darkies are jabbed up. That's what they want. Start killing off the indigenous. I'm not being racist there, folks. Just illustrating how they see those people in Australia. A further 172.9 million dollars will be spent on implementation, monitoring, communications, and reporting of the vaccine rollout, including digital and non-digital capabilities and expert advisory services. Uh, interesting that part there, including digital and non-digital capabilities. Digital capabilities, hmm. vaccine passports. Not sure. Interesting though. Well, 69.3 million will be chipped in to the national partnership on COVID-19 response. Hmm, chipped in. wonder if that's a Freudian slip there. The government has also made additional purchases of COVID-19 treatments under the existing advance purchase agreements and the advice of the Science Industry Technical Advisory Group. There you go. Those include Pfizer's oral protease inhibitor pill, Paxlovid, Merck's antiviral drug, Molnip, Molnipiravir, AstraZeneca's Tixagivimab. Oh, my God. Seriously. I'm not even going to try and say these fucking words. Anyway, that's the end of that article there. I'll put that in the show notes for people to read that one. But the whole point, basically, was to illustrate the fact that, yeah, they quietly announced it in the budget papers... Was not actually put anywhere else just put in the budget papers that they're allowing for these age groups to be included in the vaccine injury claim scheme because yeah they know it's gonna happen they know these things are killing people they know that they're injuring people and not what is it the national actual tally i reckon is 11 directly attributed to the jabs and yet I think uh, last I heard from that release, you know, 83 deaths directly attributed to COVID-19 itself. Um, That's what they're saying. Well, 11 dead from the vaccine, 83 dead from a made-up disease, fake disease. Wow. Do the math, folks. Let's just flick over to um, tottnews.com again. Link will be in the show notes for the listeners. The people viewing this on the uh, the members' content, they can see me uh, going through these articles in the video. But here we go. So they recently put out March 27th, a couple of days ago, guys. Uh, both Ethan and uh, TJ Coles put this one together. Australia's COVID injection deaths are at least 80 times higher than reported and likely much higher. The tech pharma complex in Australia has gone to extreme lengths to cover up and and outright deny injection-related deaths and injuries. Absolutely correct, gentlemen. The number of COVID injection-related deaths and injuries is likely to be much higher than reported and acknowledged, but even the probably underreported number of deaths attributable to the jab is much higher than usually tolerated by health authorities for vaccinations. Big Pharma has self-evidently rushed its new injectable products in order to profit, bypassing typical clinical trial procedures. Public health officials have buried the risks and censored those speaking out. Their motives are a combination of corruption and, in their minds, weighing the risks of a rushed injection against the perceived benefits of fighting the pandemic. Some believe that there is a bio-fascist elite operating behind the scenes, and with even more nefarious objectives. What they admit, the Australian Department of Health's Therapeutic Goods Administration, the TGA, says it has identified 11 reports of death that were linked to vaccination from 751 reports received and reviewed. The deaths linked to vaccination occurred after the first dose of the AstraZeneca one. Eight were thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome, TTS, Two were linked to Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS, of course, and one was a case of immune thrombocytopenia, ITP. So they admit that 751 reports received uh, were received, but they state that only 11 of those deaths were attributable to the injections out of 751 reports of death. Equally shocking is the number of reported adverse side effects of the 46 million administered Australian doses. Over 100,000 reported adverse reactions are acknowledged by the TGA. The TGA's information on known adverse side effects, such as myocarditis and more, is preceded by this statement. Most reports of side effects are observed with vaccines generally. Can we really trust the numbers released by the TGA? Absolutely not. All right, moving on. Doing the math, the TGA is Australia's regulatory authority for therapeutic goods. Each week since the injection rollout began, the TGA released reports containing the data on how many events were uh, recorded as well as how many doses administered. The TGA relies on voluntary submissions of adverse events to these vaccines. Now, just before I go on, I'll just say, I'll finish this paragraph first, sorry. That is to say that only that it is only passively gathering data. Now we have mentioned this on previous shows before, according to what we were talking about, the Vayas system back then as well. We may have even mentioned the TGA, but yeah, we definitely mentioned that these agencies that are collecting this data are only passively doing it. That is to say, it's voluntary. People have to contact them to get the data and they're not getting the follow-up uh, calls and things like that. The accuracy of its published data is only accurate in the sense it's providing data to the public that was submitted to them. That's right. So they're technically saying, oh, look, our data is accurate, but it's only the data that has been submitted to them. Australia has a flawed reporting system. The Database of Adverse Event Notifications, or the DAEN, information information for this system comes from reports made to the TGA by patients, consumers, health professionals, and sponsors of medicines. The platform exists to monitor trends and gather data to send to World Health Organization and other advisory boards for legal analysis, safety research, and more. The TGA states, it is generally acknowledged that adverse events are underreported around the world, with estimates that 90 to 95% of adverse events are not reported to regulators. The TGA itself admits this folks okay there is a link to that statement as well over at tga.gov.au media release uh here we go it's just loading now but the link is in the article folks so uh here we go. I've got it right here on the screen right now. There it is on the TGA website, Australian website, tga.gov.au. It is generally acknowledged that adverse events are underreported around the world, with estimates that 90 to 95% of adverse events are not reported to regulators. There you go. They admit it right there. I won't need necessarily put the link in the show notes because it is in Ethan's article. So you can go and click on it there and spread it around if you like. They also state in regards to medicines, adverse events, sorry, adverse event reports from consumers and health professionals to the TGA are voluntary. So there is underreporting by these groups of adverse events related to therapeutic goods in Australia. Once again, also at the same site. This underreporting prevents Australians from seeing the full picture when it comes to real world data and questions arise when examining what is in fact released by the TGA. If we are to take the American reporting system as an example of what could possibly be happening here in Australia, then we have a serious issue on our hands. Exactly, boys. You're 100% correct there. Australia vaccine stats revealed? Question. Let's start with the official statistics. Today, when this article was published, 214 million Americans have been double jabbed, according to the US adverse event reporting system veyers. An appalling and likely underreported number of deaths following injections for COVID-19 is over 9,400. This is 0.004% of the US jabbed population. In Australia, the official injection death toll is 11 as of January this year. So that's already a couple months behind now, folks. Keep that in mind. But the health and age of Australians compares to Americans in terms of life expectancy, rates of obesity, hypertension, diabetes, and other factors that seem to affect COVID deaths and injury. Both countries experienced similar COVID mortality rates reported per capita, for example. Er Ergo, there is little difference between Australians and Americans. So if the Vaya's 0.004% figure is correct for Americans, we can apply this to Australians. Australia has a population of nearly 26 million, around 88% of Australians, that's 22.8 million, are double-jabbed according to the data. This can be calculated by finding the approximate average between the 98% in capital territory and the 79% in Western Australia. If the injection kills 0.004% of the jab population, then at least 900 Australians have been killed by the injection just based on the correlation between data and population trends. 900 deaths is an 80 times increase to what has officially been reported. If the official toll is 11, and this new estimate is closer to 900, then the TGA has definitely underreported. The 900 estimate is closer to the greater than 700 reported total deaths investigated by the TGA. Further, given known underreporting by the TGA, it could also be likely much higher than this. Unless you are to believe the TGA when they say that only 0.00004999% of the jabbed population, that's 11 people, have died. we're doing the math, that small percentage would equal just over 1% of the 0.004% U.S. Correlated, correlation used. Do you believe that number of Australian deaths is 99% smaller than the 0.004% of the jabbed population? I certainly don't. Shrouded in mystery. Because only a fraction of events are reported to the TGA, many individuals have been sharing their stories on social media platforms. And I'm sure all you listeners have seen this content. It's horrific and it's very hard to look at, but it needs to be seen and it needs to be put in the faces of these people that are pushing this. Even your friends and family need to see this shit. Uh, In the hope that their experiences are heard he's got one here jab injuries australia you can follow them these stories highlight that events are occurring at a larger rate than reported by authorities one way we can investigate deaths further is by attempting to uncover the true number of adverse reactions that have occurred which could further shed light on what is being missed by the tga there is another lesser known government funded group Gathering data on vaccine adverse events called OSVAC Safety. Now, I know we definitely mentioned this on a previous show as well. There's a link to it in the show notes as well, folks. Led by the National Centre for Immunisation Research and Surveillance, the NCIRS, uh, and funded by the Australian Government Department of Health, OSVAC Safety is a world leading national vaccine safety system <laughs> that almost no one knows about. Ozvac Safety send out SMS messages to those injected on the third day after they've been jabbed and ask recipients to report any adverse events to their system. This three-day window of adverse events being reported to Ozvac Safety is not much better than the TGA's passive style. However, it may give us more information on occurrences that have taken place around the injection date, that the TGA have not reported on. Although death statistics are not highlighted, OSVAC safety shows adverse events at a rate of more than 100 times higher than the TGA. 44.8 versus 0.22%. An incredible, incredible difference. There is an image there as well. It's from Ozvac uh, OSVAC safety's website. COVID-19 vaccine safety data at a glance as at the 21st of March, 2022. So very recent, folks. 6.166 million safety surveys completed. Approximately 95,000 safety surveys completed by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. 44.8% reported at least one adverse event. 1%. 1% reported visiting a GP or emergency department. The TGA has recorded 100,000 adverse events, common to serious, from 45 million doses. However, if 44.8% of the 6.1 million Ozvac safety surveys have reported an event, this would mean that at least 2.7 million respondents have experienced an adverse occurrence. If 1% of recipients responded saying they required a GP visit for their adverse events, this would mean there have been nearly 27,500 GP visits in the first three days after injection. Also remembering a large portion of adverse events, long term, take weeks, months, even years to begin to take shape. Why are the TGA numbers significantly lower than OSVAC safety? Could this also mean that TGA are missing events of death that occur around the injection date as well? Short term, what happens if someone dies before the 14-day period to be classified as vaccinated? Let's not forget that the death classification is also a murky area. Let me just see what he's got for that one there, folks. Long term... How many injection-induced deaths are being medically associated with long COVID instead of being investigated? That's right. People say, oh, it's long COVID, it's long COVID. No, no, you fucking idiot. You've got a, a long-term disease because you were injected with an experimental fucking vaccine, you nut nuts. oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so that link heads over to... Um, a article published in September 4th on TOTT News New South Wales Health reclassifies death statistics to died with COVID that's where that one goes in the murky area he was referring to so how many reports of death have truly been missed? a classic tale of a wall deception a wall of deception the world's health regulators hide behind cover up the tech-pharma complex that includes big data has gone to extreme lengths to cover up and, and outright deny injection-related deaths and injuries. If one, I won't say the the G word, but if one searches the internet, "vaccine deaths Australia," for instance, depending on one's search history, the results tend to produce pages of MSM headlines about allegedly false news stories. Next, the researcher is bound to encounter the armies of self-styled fact-checkers who debunk outright lies, but when trying to debunk the truth, end up distorting reality and sometimes lying themselves. When it comes to COVID injections, people have fallen into two camps. Either or, either the injections work and are safe, or they don't work and at killing people. As usual, the truth is somewhere in between. Always a gray area, isn't there, Ethan? What we can be sure of, however, is that the number of adverse reactions, including deaths, is far higher than would normally be tolerated by health authorities. Stay tuned for more detailed investigations into the Pfizer documents coming soon. There we go. We kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier, but he's got a link to it there at his article. I'll just click on it now. Uh, oh, that was when we had um, Naomi Cook on the podcast, former nurse, Naomi Cook. Uh, so yeah, discussion, FDA's first Pfizer document release. That's when we had her on the show. It was a good good show, that one. I believe that's actually when we discussed some of these um, reporting websites, um, Osvac safety and VAES, stuff like that. There we go. Make sure you head over to tottnews.com, folks. That's a, a good piece there. Just to, it kind of it definitely breaks down all of that math um, and, and lays it out in a in a way that I know it probably didn't sound too <laughs> the way I was reading it. Maybe it didn't sound too uh, understandable, but when you're actually looking at and reading along with it, folks, you can actually get your head around it a lot easier. And when you put things into perspective like that, it uh, it definitely paints a different picture than what we're being told. Absolutely. there we go added to the budget We've already mentioned that one just gonna head over to um, the RNA Facebook page again Uh, this is some of the things I've been sort of finding interesting as well folks so different parts of the country are you know they're winding back these mandates and the restrictions all this sort of stuff there's definitely no you know, congruency with everything that they're doing a- across the board. For example, of course, here in Queensland, we still have the ridiculous vaccine mandates where if you haven't had the jab, you can't go into, you know, hospitality venues, can't sit down in a coffee shop, all this sort of stuff, unless you can provide evidence of, uh, you know, being genetically modified. But yet, places like New South Wales... So for where we are, I'm in southeast Queensland. I mean, I could literally just, you know, drive for an hour down to Coolangatta, park in Queensland, walk across the street and go to a pub. No worries. Walk back across the road, get in my car and drive home if I wanted to. Uh, I'm not going to drive home drunk, of course, but you know what I mean. And there's no issues, of course. You know, it's no problems whatsoever. But Queensland, you know, here, it's so far behind. It's ridiculous. And I even posted on Facebook too recently. So, of course, uh, for those out there, I am a rugby league fan. We're sort of a rugby league family. And yeah, my son plays. I've been coaching for a long time. Um, you know, had a game today as, uh, as well. Had to step in as coach today. Normally just doing the league. So, anyway. Um, and I made a comment on Facebook and I said, because obviously we, we like to watch the footy. We like to watch the games. Whether it's, you know, fake and contrived or set up or you know whatever it is i still enjoy the comp- the contest and stuff and the game itself just been a big fan my whole life anyway think of it what you will but i made a note right i made a note on facebook because before the Demic began every time the brisbane broncos played someone like the uh, or when they actually played the north queensland cowboys when these two teams met each other In Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium, that stadium holds a capacity of about 55,000 people. It would almost always be a sellout crowd, 50,000 plus easily. It is one of those sort of, they call it a local derby. So these, they would always pack them in. It was one of the, the, the great contests, you know, South Queensland versus the North Queensland kind of area. Packed it in. Suncorp Stadium, you can never get, it's hard to get tickets to those games they're always getting sold out. You know, when you go, the atmosphere is incredible. It was fantastic. Well, I watched it recently when Queensland Cowboys played the Brisbane Broncos. Not this week, I think it was last round. And I was watching, I had a keen eye on the crowd numbers. I've been looking at the crowd numbers this year in particular at Suncorp Stadium and down there at the Titans and the Queensland Cowboys. Whenever they show the footage of the crowds, I'm constantly looking at the stadium to see how full these stadiums are. Mainly the Queensland ones because Queensland is definitely the heartland for footy because New South Wales people are too lazy to actually go to a game unless they're in one of the regional areas. And the Queensland games are always packed. They have record crowd numbers. And the commentators for years have been always talking about how we get such good crowd numbers up here because we love the footy that much. We love going to the footy, etc, etc. Well, sure enough, folks, because of the fact of these ridiculous restrictions, the crowd numbers... For that, like I said, the local derby they had up here, Queensland, uh, sorry, in Queensland, here in Brisbane, the Broncos versus the Cowboys, there would have been maybe thirty thousand people in that stadium, maybe, at best, twenty or thousand seats free, twenty more than more than twenty thousand seats free, I would say, or average it out between fifteen to 20, 000, 20, 15 to twenty thousand seats available, I would say. You could see it on the TV, or it wasn't full. The upper tiers of the, the stadium were unused. Um, you know, it was ridiculous. Now I said to him, said, look at that, there you go. People aren't allowed to go, so they're, they're not going. It's a good indication. It kind of shows you, and you know, that, I would say, is a good, a good test case, you know. put that. That's like a petri dish. You look at that, and you think to yourself, well, if that represents Brisbane at large or Queensland at large... Then we are not at ninety five percent double jabbed or more or whatever. No way, no fucking way. People up here are definitely not taking the jab. I would say if that represents about thirty thousand out of a fifty or fifty five seat stadium, fifty five thousand seat stadium, I'd say we're more sitting at about the sixty five percent double jabbed up here. And I think they know that. And something else that makes that make sense because my uh, my brother works in the hospitality industry. We both come from hospitality backgrounds. Uh, I haven't, for the you know, last you know, eight years, I've been doing my own business, but my brother still works in hospitality, works at the Brisbane Broncos Leagues Club. And I asked him, I said, what's your membership like? And... Not only the membership, because um, obviously in clubs, when you want to go to a club, if you're not a member, you've got to join up or be a member of another club and you can get in, all that sort of stuff. It's different rules. Not, it's not the same as a normal pub that you go to. They are private sporting clubs and stuff, and they have particular rules. Well, they have memberships, and their membership, he said, is it's about half of what it was in previous years because of these restrictions. At best, it's about half. They are struggling for numbers, struggling for bums on seats in clubs in Queensland, because people aren't allowed to go. And if they're sitting at about half membership, it's another indication that not 90 odd percent, not 95% or whatever they claim is double jabbed here in Queensland. It is far less, I guarantee you that. The numbers just aren't there and the numbers speak the truth. Yeah, just interesting stuff that we've sort of noted there. So, I mean, look at the crowd numbers we get at these rallies and stuff, you know. It's it's unbelievable the amount of people actually turn up to these things. You know, some of these big ones that myself and Ethan and Andy have attended, my wife included. You know, we're, we're talking massive numbers. We can show you the footage. I'm pretty sure we've shared it before as well. There's no way that Queensland is up to date. Now, I'm wondering if that's the reason why they've kept these ridiculous restrictions in place for as long as they have, and they're continuing to do so because they know they don't have their VAX target hit no matter what they say on the press conferences, no matter what they say in TV and in any any mainstream bullshit article that comes out. No fucking way have we hit those numbers. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. If, you're, if you think I'm wrong, make a comment or send me an email, whatever. If you think I'm wrong, if you think numbers are different, maybe I'm off the mark, maybe it's even less than that, I don't know, but give me your thoughts on that one, folks. Um oh, not that I really wanted to go into it, but we'll touch on it quickly. Um of course we had oh well, here we go. One second. Yeah, come in Oh okay, sorry, I thought my daughter was coming in the room here. Uh all right, so I'm sure everyone it's all contrived and bullshit of course and, and distraction by actors. Uh you know, Will Smith hitting Chris Rock at a um, the Oscars, whatever it is. And uh, there we go, you know, so um, the biggest sponsor of the Oscars was Pfizer. And uh, he made that joke about alopecia and Will Smith's cheating uh, wife. And uh, yeah, of course, Pfizer is in a phase three t- clinical trial for an alopecia drug treatment. Uh, if only there was a way to get the world talking about alopecia so Pfizer can stay relevant. Mm. There you go. That's all I'll say about that. Of course, uh, Foo Fighters front man apparently died with uh, an extremely enlarged heart. Um, inflammation. Pretty sure pericarditis was inflammation of the heart or myocarditis was inflammation of the heart, but no, they well, will chalk that up to uh, something else as well. Well, that's what happens, Foo when you when you push the jab on people even your own fucking members will end up getting killed. Well done. Idiots. All right, let's head over to, back over to Twitter. What else have I got up here before we uh, wrap it up for this one? Uh, actually, there is one thing else I wanted to talk about. It's not on Twitter. It is over at Telegram. So I'm in a group now called Cloud Watchers. Uh, it's fascinating stuff because obviously we, we like to keep an eye on people doing cloud seeding events. A lot of people are noticing very similar style planes heading up in the skies, doing multiple runs, doing weird patterns, all right? I'll just bring up this one, for example. For the viewers, you can see this one. Comes out of Bankstown, flies up towards Newcastle and does horizontal, from all the way up to uh, just past Nelson's Bay, from the, <clears throat> from the water all the way in, inland, almost towards Maitland, like covering massive area. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, over the skies. Now, they claim that these are what they call flood mappers or mapping aircraft. Uh, But these are all the same, similar light aircraft. A lot of them change their tail numbers regularly so they can be hidden and not appear to be the same plane doing it. Uh, Let me scroll through and find. There's a couple of good ones I wanted to share with the folks. And they are cross-referenced with what's happening with the radar, weather radar as well. If you're looking at the screen now, you can see that one. A couple more interesting ones there over Canberra. Uh, That's right. At the time of the protests, multiple flights across, 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 all the way across Canberra at the time of the protests. Very interesting. Uh, There's a really good one I wanted to share. Uh, I wonder if this is the one. Oh, they're showing a lot of that beaming coming out of that Maury weather radar. All those anomalies coming out of there, pointing straight at the Gold Coast in that area. Doing that atmospheric heating, changing the weather patterns, causing rain. Of course, poor people down there in Lismore got hit again. Uh, Where are we? There's a really good video I wanted to show you guys. Uh, Not that one. See, the good thing about these guys here, they also put up you know, the owner, all the details of the plane, the owners of the plane, the tail numbers, the make, model, all the info, it's really cool. Uh, let's see this one here. Goes a little longer, I'm not sure if the audio is coming through, but I'll let it continue for a second. Uh, Just skip through a little bit here, folks. He's just highlighting all the cloud seeding operations, and he draws it over the weather maps to show you what they've been doing. That's not the video I wanted to show you. Uh, Yeah, they've even got lists. He's got lists of make and models of these aircrafts that they know are known cloud seeded aircrafts. They're doing a great job, these guys. I'm actually big fans of them, actually. It's really good. Uh, Very, very strange anomalies. Very odd flight patterns that these, these light aircraft are doing. Oh, here we go. This might be the one. Cloud sitting activity over cities from Lismore to Sydney. Only targeting populated areas. And this is one of so many, apparently. I'm pretty sure this is the one. I'm just talking through it while we're looking at it. So they did it over Mackay. I'm sorry, uh, west of uh, Mackay, all the way up and down the coast over Mackay and Sunny Coast, Sunshine Coast, copter battering as well. And then it went back up to Harvey Bay, went over Mackay again. They're following these same patterns. It's multiple flights. Following the same flight paths as well, folks. Here we go, one's over Newcastle, Brisbane up to Gympie, Brisbane again. And we had all that wild weather over Brisbane, which then went down the coast again. It matches perfectly with the same or around the same dates as these huge rain events we've been having as well, folks. Here we go, Ballina. North Coast, New South Wales, Central Coast, New South Wales. Brisbane copying it again, which then flies down all the way down to Ballina. Just peppering the coastlines, folks. I'm not sure uh, what they're actually dispersing up there, but these are definitely cloud-seeding flights. They get in ahead above the clouds, above storm fronts, dump their uh, payload, and then they land again, refuel, get more um, of the cloud seeding materials, and then up they go again, usually the same flight paths as well, sometimes in the same day. Kofsaba, copying it. Western Sydney area, copying it that one's changing airports there and this is all VHJAG it's the same sorry JAJ the same aircraft doing this walk and look at him go And what have we been seeing lately, folks? Unprecedented amounts of rain, unprecedented. All along the East Coast. Look at them go, still going. Sunshine Coast, he's been getting pulverized as well. Just skip forward a little bit in. So the video goes for about three and a half minutes, guys. It's nearly done now. And there it is. Let me jump out of that one. There you go. And that's that's like <laughs> this is one of many. These guys are all over it. Oh, this this is a decent one as well. So channel seven video actually occurred closer to the Lord Howe Island. And up here. Let me just see what they're reporting on here. Oh, that was just a still. Sorry about that one. Uh, RAAF, possibly cloud sitting just today, exactly where the severe weather warnings have been put in place for the next few days. That was back on the 28th of March. This one only goes for about 20 seconds. It's just highlighting all of them off the coast. And just correlates exactly where it is. Got a list of the flights. Yeah all the way look at that, Coffs coughs harbour to lismore is just getting absolutely smashed by these flights around and i'm talking not just one plane going over and then it comes back and lands it does loops and loops and loops and loops and loops all the way around it keeps going keeps going and it's constant there we go so it's a good one to get onto folks if you're on telegram um yeah all one word cloud watches um, they'll make you go through a bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of rigmarole to get into the group because you've got to pass the test for the bots just to make sure you're not a bot, uh, and then you can get in and enjoy uh, a lot of the information that they've been putting up there. Very cool. Definitely one to keep an eye on, guys. Uh, another couple of good groups, Cras Files chat. Go and uh, go over and head and see what the, those guys are doing over there. Always got some good information. Um, if you want to uh, get into my group and see what we're on, just look for me. I'm general underscore Maddox uh, on Telegram. If you want to get into my group, it's invite only guys. So just hit me up and I'll send you a link. Um, that way I'm not getting flooded with spammers and I don't get any spammers in my group, guys. So uh, that's why I try and vet everyone that comes in there. Uh Donna Kosick has got a good, interesting group as well. Very vaccine focused, of course, and all that sort of stuff. Um, Vax, sterm, Vax termination, V-A-X-X termination, all one word. And she, she's actually been sharing a bit of that information from uh, the cloud, uh, the cloud watchers group. So it's pretty cool. All right, well, I might just leave that there. Um, plenty of good intel uh, out and about guys, but uh, keep your eye on what's happening, folks. Definitely more, than happened, definitely more than meets the eyes going on at the present moment. Uh, anything interesting you wanted us to share or have a look at, please send it through. Um, hoping to get back into some uh, member content soon. Uh, just trying to get my head right lately, folks. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on in the background, so thanks for being with us anyway. Much love to everyone.
0: we're yeah. yeah. good. Is it what you don't know?